0: Welcome to episode 16 of the Medical Device Success Podcast. This is Ted Newell, your host, and thank you so much for spending time with us today. We continue to talk about strategies, tactics, and technologies that can help move the medical device world forward, especially in this pandemic era. Today we are going to talk to Dr. Tran Tu Win, who is the founder and president of Optic Surge. A new mixed reality technology that will have a big impact at all levels of healthcare. Let's get started. Okay, before we get started with Optic Surge, which is very, very interesting, a little housekeeping. As you know, I am creating a community related to medical device success, and I have 20 volunteers for the beta program. I need some more marketing people. I have a lot of really great sales executives, but I do need some marketing people. If you're interested in being in the beta, please contact me. Second, As you can see, the virus is moving in unusual ways around the world. In the United States, for example, we have some areas that are really hot with rising case numbers and other areas where the case numbers are going down. I think strategically that means marketing and sales executives have to look at their tactics geographically as opposed to the country overall because there might be some places where Elective surgeries are allowed to proceed again, but then there'll be another place where the hospital is just overwhelmed with COVID cases and they will not be doing elective surgeries. You have to look at this geographically in addition to looking at it from a structural standpoint in terms of sales processes and new tools that you're bringing to bear. Okay, so let's move on to the subject at hand, which is Optic Surge, founded by Dr. Tran Tu Nguyen a really interesting and talented woman. She is a surgeon and biomedical engineer who has contributed to innovations in tissue engineering, nanotechnology, radio frequency ablation, biophotonics, and DNA sequencing technology. Dr. Nguyen developed and refined the idea of optimizing mixed reality for surgical operations through her years of experience with today's complex healthcare system. She is a creative trailblazer pushing the boundaries of healthcare technology. She goes by the nickname of Two. Two, thank you so much for spending time with us today on the podcast.
1: Ted, thanks for having me. Great opportunity to be here.
0: Two, when you and I spoke the other day, you talked about being a biomedical engineer first before you became a doctor and then a surgeon. What convinced you to move beyond engineering and into a medical career?
1: Interestingly, it actually starts way beyond that. I was born, raised in Vietnam, and I was one of those lucky kids who knew what they wanted to be when they grew up. And since I was eight years old, I knew I wanted to be a doctor. And after getting the opportunity to immigrate, I wanted to work in engineering because I wanted to see bench to bedside and see all the different innovations and how we approach problem solving. And worked in nanotechnology tissue engineering medical device and DNA technology in research and industry, and really you know, wanted to make a more directed impact, and so went back to medical school to become a physician and then becoming a surgeon, and I think surgery is one of those really incredible fields where you get the opportunity to change someone's anatomy, to change their physiology and the trajectory of their life, and it's such a privilege to be able to do that, to help people in a very direct way.
0: Well, I think I told you the other day that uh, my wife was an engineer before she became a doctor. So at the at the risk of offending any doctor listeners out there, I I think people that were engineers first make great doctors. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: I can't disagree with you on that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So when did you have the spark of this idea for the mixed reality technology that is the basis of optic surge?
1: Great question. Remembering back to my engineering days, I was often told by my peers that once an engineer, always an engineer. We love to problem solve, and a lot of times we can't help ourselves. It's just the way that our brain is wired. And what engineering does in rewiring your brain is really create curiosity about understanding the core and the origin of problems, and then finding solutions to fit those problems. And being in the trenches of medicine and surgery, what I saw were a lot of disparate workflow and technology that exists that really hinders the way that we take care of patients and the way we deliver patient care. And in understanding those pain points inherently, having lived through them, having learned of them from from my peers and from my mentors and people who've been in the field, really saw the opportunity to, to leverage mixed reality and also artificial intelligence to resolve those pain points and deliver better patient care in the operating room and also at bedside.
0: You know, it's funny you talk about rewiring your brain as an engineer because I'm the son of an electrical engineer. I tell you, being the son of an engineer rewires your brain just by itself, even though I did not go into engineering. But to have an analytical dad that sort of forced you to solve problems was very has been very helpful in my life. So I can understand where you're coming from to be able to see a problem and really define what the actual problem is and then and come to a solution. Before we go much further, let's talk about how this technology actually works. So, like, can you tell us generally about the hardware and the software without revealing company secrets? You know, for example, information that's readily available on the website, whatever.
1: The, we're a, a health tech company with the focus of leveraging Mixed Reality and Artificial Intelligence to Improve Patient Care Delivery. Our focus is heavily on software. And the reason for that is because of the process and the problem-solving nature that we can create with software, creating interfaces that allow different technologies to work together in a seamless way so that people have the information that they need when they need it, And in addition to that, that people have the technology utilization and interface that integrates into the workflow instead of hindering their workflow. And I think software has a huge opportunity to do so. And that's why our companies focus on that.
0: Okay. And just for my listeners, just understand that if you're looking at somebody that's employing this technology let's say, in the operating room, which is what we're talking about now, but we're going to shift gears here in a few minutes and go in a different direction. But from the surgical standpoint, you're looking at a doctor with a very high-tech set of glasses on their head. And when you say mixed reality, that's because they can see through these glasses and see the see true reality, the the challenge in front of them. To do surgery, they have a a surgical issue in front of them, and they're handling instrumentation, whatever. But then there's the virtual reality component of it that's also in there, on this lens that might be giving them additional information. Do I have that right?
1: Yeah, I think you're definitely along the the correct line. The mixed reality component, as you were alluding to, is integrating information that comes from a computing system into the real life that's in front of you. So you still can see the real life patient, the real life scenario, but in addition to that, through the mixed reality glasses, you also have information that you would otherwise now required to use a computer or a different set of hardware technology to access and we're bringing all of that together because the dynamic process of patient care requires so much information real life information but also information that you have already obtained and putting all those pieces together to solve the puzzle and really deliver optimal patient care
0: so give me a couple examples of what some of this information might be that's coming into this, uh, these lenses that are sitting in front of you while you're doing your surgical procedure. Some piece of information that might be helpful to you that you'd like to know or be able to review before you take a next step, for example.
1: More specifically, an example that we use is once I'm sterile, I'm stuck, meaning that I can go in thinking I'm doing a procedure, but it turns out to be different than anticipated just because, as mentioned before, a patient's anatomy or disease process is, is different from one to the next. And you can prepare as much as you can with the imaging information and the history and physical and all the other information uh, that you have obtained. But what happens in the OR once you are inside the patient's body could be very different. And so if that's the case and we would need a second opinion or a second pair of eyes, now, how that currently happened generally in many places is that I would call someone on the phone and try to verbally describe to them something that's happening in 3D inside a patient's body and hope that they can understand what I'm verbalizing and give me meaningful feedback verbally. And then I can try to apply for it, apply that inside uh, the, the surgery. If I'm lucky, I might be able to get a second pair of eyes into my OR, but oftentimes, depending on the way, you are, and, and what your resources are at that area. You may have to wait an additional 30 minutes or two hours, patient under anesthesia, and that you know, is really suboptimal. So what we have created for the operating room is a hands-free smart glasses a telecommunication a telehealth system where I can remain sterile and ins- and essentially turning the what we would use as eye shields into smart glasses and through that be able to call out to someone remotely, and the people on their phone or their tablet or their computer or their laptop can securely tap in to see what I'm seeing, and we can visually and verbally communicate. And not only that, the annotation power of mixed reality allow us to communicate on a even a higher level, uh, meaning that the remote person can point and draw to things that they see at, And whatever they point and draw to, I can see it through my glasses. So we know we're talking apples to apples and not apples to oranges. And so that's something that we're creating for the operating room and optimizing that. The opportunity here is to also maintain your focus on the patient and not be distracted by having to hunt for information or having asked someone else to hunt information and hope they can reach your mind as to what you're looking for. And so having all of those in a hands-free, portable fashion is very innovative and helpful in patient care delivery.
0: Now, we've, um, we've talked about the hardware. At least I've referred to the hardware in terms of it's uh, like it looks like a pair of very high-tech glasses. And they've got cameras in them and they've got all kinds of stuff in them. Um, right now, much of the work you've done is has been with the Microsoft HoloLens. However, you talk about this being hardware agnostic, and I noticed on the website that there were several other types of headset.
1: Our passion and our mission is to deliver solutions. And for us, the form factors are incredibly important. And so all of that to say that the hardware technologies will be changing. And what we want to do is to adapt those hardware solutions to to fit well with our software solution in order to create a meaningful product for the end users and being hardware agnostic allows us to do that i think microsoft hololens is a great system and we've been huge fans of that and they're, they're definitely a leader but i think there are also a lot of other people in the industry who are who are making a, a huge difference in the hardware component as well and we're excited about where that is going, uh, as you could probably remember back to the, the 1980s when you have the phone that's the size of a brick on your face, and now the phone is essentially a computer the size of your palm. And this is where we foresee the hardware technology is able to go in the future where the glasses that you wear in your everyday life or their, uh, your sunglasses or or those, but those bifocals can become a powerful computing system where it can put all the information that are necessary right in front of your eyes and your line of sight.
0: That's great. I'd love to be able to go in a grocery store and looking, look at something and have a review of that product come right up in my lenses. <laughs> that'd, <laughs> that'd be so handy. <laughs> yeah. That'd be handy because there's so many times I'm Googling something in the store or I'm scanning its QR code or its, or its barcode just to get some information about it. Okay, so, so far, you know, we've been talking about surgery and, and that's how the company was founded. That's what the focus of the technology originally was. But now COVID comes along and significantly changes the needs in healthcare and it sort of changed your direction. Can you tell us how it affected the surge?
1: Very interesting times in the world today and I think for everyone involved. One of the main reasons that we focus in the operating room is because of the life and death in the dynamic process of uh, doing surgery and we wanted to optimize all the tools that are, are available in order to help the operating team to help take care of patients and save lives. And Interestingly, the tool sets that we built out for the OR can actually transfer over to many areas of patient care at bedside, at home care, and in various other settings. And when the pandemic happened, we were approached by frontline providers and healthcare workers and hospital leadership to see if we can take this technology outside of the OR and onto the bedside to optimize patient care delivery and maximize capacity, minimizing exposure and save on PPE simply by using this as a telehealth communication platform for provider-to-provider communication.
0: In our preparatory conversation, I told you about the interviews I had with two telemedicine executives. And from what I learned from them, I can really see how your mixed reality technology would fit into telemedicine. Because right now, They're using fixed cameras on carts, or it might be a camera um, a healthcare professional could could pick up and then move toward the patient, but it'd be much better if if the healthcare aide or nurse or whoever it might be, technician, or it could be a hospitalist, a doctor, would have a pair of these glasses on and were looking directly at the problem at hand, what advantages do you see the technology bringing to telehealth? And and do you have some feelings for where it might be helpful? What um, types of institutions or what kind of environments?
1: Great question. And the exciting part about that question is that there are so many different utilizations that could be employed. Uh, and it would probably take hours for us to go through the different case scenarios. So I'll try to... To just give some high-level examples sure. of of what we think might be helpful, and uh, go from there. So an example is you know you can have a thousand ventilators, but if you only have ten people who know how to use them, and those ten people cannot be in a thousand places at once. Well, how do you optimize their capacity and their expertise by utilizing the people who are already at bedside next to the patient and increase their potential for patient care. And so this communication platform will allow people to do that. So more specifically, if I'm at the bedside and I have a question about a patient and I wanted to have telecommunication with someone uh, remotely, I'll put on a pair of glasses and and through the secure platform that we have, we'll be able to call out to the remote person. Uh, and they can be anywhere. They could be in a different wing of the hospital. They could be in a different hospital, in a different office or a different town uh, or anywhere in the world, right? That's the, the beauty of remote communication uh, through our secure platform. So at bedside, I can verbally and visually communicate with this person remotely what when I look at you know the vital signs that's what they see when I look at the patient that's what they see let's say when I look at the vent that's what they see uh, and if we were talking about the patient and they have specific areas whether they want to to examine or specific areas on the vent that they want to modify, not only can they verbally tell me and know if I'm looking in the right direction, they can also point and draw to things and whatever they point and draw to, I can see exactly that. And so in the patient care setting, it really helps improve communication because an example would be if someone tells me that this patient has a rash, it could be or erythema. It could be a very different interpretation between two physicians or two different people. But now not only do I hear what they're trying to tell me, I can also see what they're telling me. And that helps really understanding the basis of where they're coming from. And so then that helps us communicate and get us on the same page as to how to best care for that patient. And that could be happening at the bedside, that could be happening in the as first responder in the, the ER, at home, or even nursing home, or urgent care. So many different settings in which we can be using this technology to improve provider or healthcare worker to uh, provider communication.
0: So two, what about an example of remote care where, for example, it's a rural hospital or it's some type of institution or facility where a doctor just isn't physically there um, perhaps it's in the evening, in the early morning hours, one or two at night, or for some other reason, but a, a physician isn't physically there to help guide and help a, um, some medical staff assess the situation and, and take care of a patient.
1: Ted, you touched on something really important and also something that we are very passionate about is the remote care disparity. You have currently a lot of places where people or centers are two, three hours away from larger centers that have the necessary expertise and knowledge. But the people remotely don't necessarily have all that on the ground. And so what we're excited about is via our technology and our secure platform, we can essentially help people and bring the expertise and the knowledge to be where they need to be and help the experts see what they need to see to help expand that capacity on the ground for increased collaboration and enhance that patient care delivery. In addition to that, this technology will also enable people to avoid places that could essentially increase their exposure, right? You mentioned nursing homes or even home care, where patients don't necessarily want to leave those areas and go to an ER or go to an a- urgent care or go to areas that may increase their exposure uh, during the pandemic, but also even be after that. And so the technology here allows to really optimally expand the capacity and expand the resources that already present and bringing people again to be where they need to be and see what they need to see virtually to help those people on the ground and to deliver better patient care.
0: Great, great examples. So with this technology, is there a lower regulatory burden in telemedicine? I know there's been a temporary lowering of the regulatory burdens um, because of COVID. And Does that apply or will that apply to um, the optic surge technology?
1: As a telemedicine platform, I think it's different in terms of regulatory and, and compliance and, and how it's being used. Uh, so that you know, we would follow and do follow strictly the recommendations that and the best standard of practice that that applies to telemedicine.
0: Okay, and what additional steps does Optic Surge need to take to be ready for telemedicine? Is do you have very many things to do, or are you ready right now?
1: We have a great team that's been working very diligently to make sure that we are creating a secure platform that is user friendly. Uh, to be utilized for telemedicine. We're finalizing uh, pilots with our partners, and really the key is to understand where the gaps of care are and where we can bring value. And so it's been a great experience learning from the different uh, different institutions and providers and leaderships as to where we can be helpful and it's also exciting to see that this can be applied in so many ways and we're really excited to be able to to make a positive impact.
0: Yo no kidding. Well too this has been very interesting you know you start off with a technology that's you think is going to be oriented towards surgery you've made something of a pivot like so many technologies and so many companies have had to do, especially because of the pandemic. And now you're looking at the opportunities in telemedicine. And as we discussed, there are lots of opportunities, I think, in telemedicine. Um, Is there anything else the listeners need to know about the efforts of the OptiSurge team?
1: We're really mission-focused, and we're really in love with the problems we're trying to solve, which is to improve patient care delivery. We really believe that mixed reality and artificial intelligence will be some of the key tools that we can leverage to solve those problems. And what we've learned in really focus on our mission of improving patient care is that it has taken us to different areas of healthcare where we see gaps and utilizing our expertise and and our team are you know, not just experts from being clinicians and being deep in the trenches, but also people who have uh, worked in technology, people who have worked as physician leaders, people who have worked in administration, people who have worked in medical device, and people who have worked in regulatory. And we all came together and built this village to achieve this mission because we think it's really important. We're really excited about the positive impact that we can make. And so... The pivot to us is in terms of moving, uh, taking the technology from the OR to the bedside is actually more of being able to utilizing uh, in a very complementary way all the different stakeholders or the different uh, experts on the team to solve problems uh, laterally uh, along with vertically.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. And in fact, I can imagine that if a hospital had the system in place and over time used it in more areas of the hospital Then the flow of information, the people's understanding of of the technology and the way the information needs to flow would really grow and efficiencies would grow with all this. Two, it has been really terrific to have you on today with us to talk about this exciting new technology and I hope that you and I can talk again in another uh, six months to a year to see where you've taken it, you and your team, as you guys move forward and provide some really valuable technological help to all different levels of healthcare.
1: Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to be here. I'm really excited about where we're going. And it's truly a team effort. It takes a village. And we've been incredibly lucky uh, to have all the great people who have come and help us and be our champions and join our team and become our collaborators and partners. And so excited to and welcome any anyone in, in various fashions to, to reach out to us. If we could be of help to them in any way, or if they would want to join our take the journey with us, we'll always welcome those conversations.
0: You bet. And for the listeners, I always put in the show notes links to I'll have a LinkedIn link to, um, to two and I'll have a, a link to the Optic Surge website so you can learn more about the technology there in addition to some other links. So feel free to look at those things. Again, thank you very much and um, we'll see you in perhaps a year.
1: Sounds great. Thank you.
0: All right. Impressive lady, impressive technology and impressive team. I can't wait to see where they are in a year. It will be very, very interesting. And I wonder how many patents she will have in 10 or 15 years. She, she is just that kind of lady. Okay, so the immediate impact idea for today is to get your team together, your sales team marketing or sales and marketing team together, and talk about the geographical implications of the pandemic on your sales and your operations in the field. Get the team together and talk about the geographical implications and how you should be re- reacting geographically. That's it for today. If you like this podcast, please rate it, recommend it to a friend, write a review. Don't hesitate to contact me if you have any questions. And be sure to look at the show notes for links to Dr. Nguyen, her website, and also links to Medical Device Success. Now go win your week.